Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Well, welcome to the uh, Restore Ministries podcast. I'm Peter Sondergill. I'm one of the directors of Restore Ministries. It's great to have you uh, join us. Joining me today is Mike Amlett, all the way from the United States of America, up in uh, Philadelphia there. Uh, G'day, Mike. How are you going? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, great to have you, mate. So privileged that you'd uh, chip in here on our uh, little series that we're doing on identity, the things that threaten it, and how we can live into our God-given identity. It's a great little... um, phrase that i picked up from eugene peterson he talks about living into god's story and uh, god's done amazing things in us uh, when he redeemed us and he's uh, we are a new creation but there is a need to live into it and there are things that threaten our living into uh, our god-given identity and we want to unpack some of those with you today and get your thoughts on how you know we can really live into the person that god's made us to be but before we start, mate, for those who uh, don't know you particularly well, can you tell us a bit about yourself, about uh, your family, where you work? Sure. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm married uh, to my wife Jody. It'll be 24 years uh, next month. Uh, we have uh, two children: a daughter who's a senior uh, in in college, majoring in social work, uh, which fits her so well. Uh, given she's just a highly compassionate, empathetic person, and then our son is a uh, finished his freshman year at Syracuse University. Um, He is an interior design uh, major. So he's Mm. taking his artistic uh, talents and yeah, he had the good sense to realize, I don't know if I'm going to make it as a fine artist. I don't think there's much, (laughs) uh, much income in that, but uh, so he's, uh, he's taking his, uh, his art, you know, substantial artistic talent and, and doing interior design. So really excited for them. And so I'm a faculty member uh, and a counselor at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation (CCEF) in Philadelphia. So we're a we're a biblical counseling uh, institution. Really, was uh, the, the birthplace of biblical counseling mm-hmm. in uh, 1968. And I've been there uh, after I finished my uh, my Master's of Divinity at Westminster Seminary. Uh, I came on staff there as a, as a faculty and counselor in uh, in 2001. So I've been been there for for 20 years. Uh, before that, I had uh, trained and worked as a as a family physician. Uh, before I uh, had a growing sense of the Lord moving me towards uh, towards gospel ministry. Let me interpret that last bit for Australians. A family physician is uh, a GP. A general practitioner, doctor. Yep. Cool. Well, great to have you, mate. Thank you. Topic that we want to really tackle today is uh, emotions and identity. So, can you just kick off for us? What's the connection between our emotions and our identity? Uh, what, what's the the healthy kind of design kind of side to that? Yeah, I think um, emotions are part of who God made us uh, to to be. They're they're part of our our image bearing identity before before God that our emotions are part of how we bear uh, the likeness of God so I think they're absolutely central uh, to to who we are as people and then with that how we relate to the Lord and how we relate to to other people so yeah they're absolutely uh, central because God has made us relational beings and that is that is part of mm. being in relationship yeah so emotions have got a bit of a bad rap that, that would be my experience in the church is that emotions have had a bad rap in the church. It's like you just can't trust. I've been in the church all of my life to, to one degree or another. 
the taste in my mouth about emotions is they're just not helpful. You know, you, you can't trust them is, is kind of the, the feeling. Yeah. Um, you're kind of saying something different there. Not the piece about not being able to trust them. I mean, I, I think they can be unstable, but do you want to just speak to the bad rap that they've had in churches? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I'm, and I, maybe I'd even focus that and say unpleasant emotions or bad emotions have bad rap, yeah. uh, especially yeah. like it's somehow you're not, uh, you're, you're not a, a true child of God or you're not really trusting God if you're experiencing some of the negative emotions, you know, mm. fear, anxiety, anger, things like uh, like that, sadness. And so, so I think there is a sense in which I, I've seen in churches in particular, just wanting to clamp down on that and, and yeah. kind of give the appearance that everything's okay. So that the, the, the emotions that are acceptable more often in the church are happy, um, the, the, the upbeat, joyful mm. kinds, uh, kinds mm. of emotions. So, so yeah, I would say that's, uh, that's true. And in, in, in general, there's a, not a, maybe skepticism is too strong of a word, but a, mm. but a bit of a guardedness with, with regarding to, you know, don't, don't share too much, you know, in terms of your yeah. emotional, emotional life, keep a lid on it. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people hesitate or, um, they're a bit guarded? With some of those things you got any thoughts on that i mean i think when when we share hard things like when we share places of disappointment or sadness or fear or shame there's a level of vulnerability uh that, yeah. that comes with that and so we 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 fear that like it's we fear exposure uh, will this be received well will this person steward my negative emotions uh well so i think i think that contributes uh yeah. to it yeah that's helpful thanks mate what thinking about emotions in in a um i guess in a in a rightly ordered sense in the you know as you were saying before about it being part of our uh, image bearing what are your thoughts on why people have different ways of responding to things different emotional ways of reacting yeah i mean i think there are there are baseline if you could put it this way, creational or temperamental differences uh, yep. between us. And that's a, that's a good thing. Like we're not, uh, we're not clones. Uh, so some people tend to be just temperamentally a bit more upbeat or more optimistic. Uh, I tend toward the melancholic side <laughs> of the spectrum. So <laughs> I, I can identify more with that, uh, with that side. Um, but that's not, you know, that's not a sin, right. In and of itself. Um, but, can it, you know, can it move in an unhelpful direction? Absolutely. But I think at baseline, we have creational temperamental differences. And then the particular situations we find ourselves in, whether it's in relationship with other people or facing particular challenges or losses or, you know, happy events also then prompt an expression of, of emotions, right? Because that's part mm -hmm. of what how God has wired us with emotions, just as he looks out at his world and his people and responds in particular ways. And we see that all throughout the pages of scripture. That's what emotions do uh, for, for us, right? We're, we're responding. Uh, they, they are, and they are reflective of what we, what we care about. Um, so mm -hmm. if I have a great dinner uh, with uh, with my wife and i feel really 
um, joyful about that, that's appropriate because that's a, I'm in a sense saying, this is something that I value, that I care about. Or if I feel grief in the, the death of, you know, a friend, that's appropriate. I'm, I'm responding to a real evil, a real difficulty. And that's appropriate that I respond that way. So I think of emotions in bo- both of those ways, you know, just mm. kind of the baseline temperamental creational piece in terms of what do our bents tend to be. But then there are the particular experiences that tend yeah. to reveal our emotions as well. Mm. That's really helpful. One of the things that we talk about at Restore Ministries is, uh, for example, is looking at the Psalms and looking at the them from the perspective of full-orbed understanding of humanity and uh, the, the responses to the uh, the good things and the hard things and, the, and everything in between. One of the things I often say to people is you want to live a psalmic life. Yes. <laughs> Not yes. just in your worship, worship of God, but in the full-orbedness of your, mm-hmm. of your humanity, you know, which encompasses all those things. That's right. I was talking to a a friend of mine at church last weekend who just made the comment to me, he goes, look, for, um, for years, I thought it was wrong to cry in church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just realized that it's not, that if he feels emotional right. about something, he can be emotional and he can shed a few tears if that's what he wants to do. That's right. And, and the Psalms in particular really model that, right? Yeah. Like uh, a Psalm like uh, Psalm 88 that ends with, you know, the darkness is my closest friend. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that we yeah. want to be saying that with a smile on our face, right? That's a heavy, heavy Psalm. Mm, absolutely. When, when does the connection between our emotions and who we are get problematic for us? What troubles can our emotions cause our God-given identity? I think one of the problems we've already touched on, which is if we think negative emotions should somehow be be absent uh, from from the Christian life. So I think that's a really important thing we've already been talking about. But maybe, um, you know, maybe another piece is when our emotions become the sun around which our entire life orbits. So in other words, Though, uh, though emotions are an essential part of who we are, an essential part of our identity, they do not equal our identity, right? They are, they are manifestations, just as our, as our thoughts and, and our actions are part of our image bearing as well. So I think sometimes when, when our emotions, so how we feel, becomes the thing around which our life orbits. So I'm feeling happy is that's the be all and end all. I have to be there or I can't stop feeling sad and that's everything in my life revolves Mm. around those things so i that would be i think a a warning sign for me that life is revolving around uh, around my emotions whether you know whether positive or or negative emotions can be so powerful uh for good or for ill Mm -hmm. i mean what i'm hearing hearing you say there is this tendency for them to want to overtake person is that that's the kind of thing that you're you thinking about that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think um, Alistair Groves in uh, Winston Smith's uh, book Untangling Emotions, really helpful book. But one of the things they highlight is our is our culture's tendency to to want to let it like have emotions be absolutely mm. central, mm. like they are everything essentially. And that's just a that's a distortion, I think, uh, from from the biblical approach, which would be emotions are absolutely critical. They are part of who God made us to be, but ultimately in service, leveraged 
for love for God and love for other people. They, they help us, our emotions help. They, they help us see what we value and cherish. They help us connect to God and, and other people. They, they motivate us uh, to do things. So they're absolutely critical. But if we make that the centerpiece of, of who we are, that's when they can become a problematic. So that's kind of the opposite side of just kind of like a put the tamper down, be a stoic, mm-hmm. uh, don't express your emotions. That's the, the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. So either, either end of the spectrum, I think, is a, is a problem. A little while ago, I was walking through a shopping center over here and one of, uh, I won't mention it, but a well-known shop in Australia had a big campaign. I think the, the big kind of catchphrase of their advertising campaign is love yourself. And then there was this smaller quote that's probably even more troubling for me where it, it was this quote uh, of someone who they, they made an identity statement about themselves and part of their identity sp- statement was I'm an angry, I'll just say person at this point in time, I'm an angry person, it's kind of that's who I am. And I just went, oh, when we start owning I think you're right. When we start owning emotions as being really central and core to our identity and, and the things that other things orbit around, you can get some really harmful. I mean, anger is a really can be a very, very powerful emotion. Mm-hmm. And if we start to own that as part of our identity, oh man, like, what, what do you think about that? Where, where, where does that sort of stuff go? Yeah, well, I think where it it, it, go, it can go in a number of different directions. One, it can go in because it's, it's so hard. It can go in a denial direction, like no way, I'm not going to ultimately own that, uh, and so yeah. I, I actually become desensitized to it, or I, I own it to such a degree mm-hmm. that I, I start to feel very hopeless mm-hmm. about any any mm-hmm. change. You know, like I am my anger, um, and that's that's really discouraging. So I think, you know, it can go in either one of those either one of those directions yeah so how do you how do you fight it mike when you're um you know i mean all of us are disposed toward having moments where you know either we're doing what you're saying before the stoicism we're in denial about it and we're kind of pushing it away and maybe you can speak to both of these we either push it away or it's overwhelming it could be it could be anger it could be um a depressive kind of mood. You know, I wonder if you can just speak to those two things. How do how do we fight that battle? How do we get emotions to a helpful place and 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 fight mm-hmm. it when it's threatening who God's made us to be? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the first steps is just identifying what I'm experiencing in the moment. Like, I mean, this this has happened, you know, a number of different times you know, in my in my parenting, where you know, one of my kids will say, what's wrong, dad? And I'll say nothing. And then I'll pause and think about it. It's like, no, they're picking up on my low grade stress or they're picking up that I'm frustrated or, you know, it, mm-hmm. it hasn't boiled over into maybe outright impatience, but they're, they're sensing it. So I think sometimes we're just not, and maybe this is also part of our creational differences. Like some people are very aware, sometimes too aware of their emotions. Other people are like, what i have emotions you know like that's the far end of the spectrum (laughs) but but just pausing and saying what am i experiencing right now would be a first step it's like yes i am frustrated yes Mm. i am disappointed yes i am sad and 
once identified, then asking that question, like, what does that mean? Like, what is that? What am I? What am I valuing? What am I desiring? Where? What's behind that? The expression of that emotion, because that's what then ultimately gets us moving toward God and other people. So if it's I'm frustrated with you know my my daughter. I, I begin to see like, well, why is that? Okay, well, maybe, yeah, there's something that she's done, but I also have mm. to own what's in my heart. Well, you know what? I wanted a little peace and quiet um, right now, and you're kind of intruding on that. Well, I have to, I have to own that. And mm. what that does then is then allows me to, to move toward her uh, mm. and bring restoration in that, in that moment in our, in our relationship. Same with the Lord um, in terms of, Oh, okay. This has a vertical component as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I move towards the Lord. So I, I think that's identification, asking what is it, what am I valuing here? What do I want? What do I cherish? What am I treasuring? And then letting that propel me into deeper relationship with the Lord, engage with Him, you know, prayerfully. <laughs> Lord, you, you, you know that I wanted, I just wanted a little downtime, um, but. I know that your call right now is to is to love my daughter. So help me to do that. Help me to do that in a way that builds her up and honors you. Yeah. My sons love the Lego Batman movie, right? And uh, it, I mean, Lego Batman, Batman in that movie is, is, a, is a lot like a teenage, a teenage boy. And there's, <laughs> There's this scene in the in the movie, and my my boys find this uh, really quite funny. Where Batman goes, I don't have any emotions. I don't have any. Never seen one. Never known one. All I have, <laughs> all I have, is twenty four seven rage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So I wonder whether you could just speak to you know. I mean, in Australia, I'm not hundred percent sure about where the overlap is in the states, but. In uh, in Australia, there is ge- there is genuinely a demographic, and it tends to be an older demographic, an, an older male demographic that well, they just they just don't go there. They don't want to talk about emotions. They don't want to be emotional. And I don't mean to sound critical of them. It's it's um in a lot of ways, it's it's the it's the way that they've been brought up. It's why they understand things, and sometimes. I see younger guys come along that are a bit more in tune with some of those realities, and it's really it's quite a stark difference yes. uh, between them. And um, I wonder, what would you, what are your thoughts about people who feel? I shouldn't even say feel. That's that's an emotion, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts about uh, people who really head really strongly in that, that stoic kind of way of doing life? Uh, push emotions to the side, they're not helpful. What are your thoughts for them? It's important to recognize that we that we are influenced by our, by our culture, by our upbringing. I mean, I can think about my father's uh, generation. He was born in the, the early 30s. He's now with the Lord. But I, my dad was very, he held his emotions close to his chest. It's not that he didn't it's not that he didn't feel things deeply. Mm. I know he did, but it wasn't something that was just a part of day-to-day life that you shared those emotions. So, so I think it. We step back and say, well, okay, this isn't a, this isn't an issue of sin. It's a you know, it's yeah. a, it's an issue of what does it what does it look like to grow together? So the the younger person maybe who has 
much more of a freedom to kind of share how he or she is. Don't want to judge that uh, that older person. Same with the older person toward the the younger person. Like, well, one of those is, you know, it's not like one of those is completely deficient. But what I would say is, if we see how God reveals Himself in Scripture, very with full of emotion, that actually becomes a place where we can say, well, hey, if we both agree on the authority of scripture and what God is doing here, then, then let, let this be a model. Let Jesus be a model. He wept. Mm-hmm. He, he got angry. He expressed emotion. But I think it's a, it's a process, right? Um, so those two groups of people, in a yeah. sense, learn from one another. Yeah, the person, person who's more free might learn, you know what, there are probably times maybe where I need to just hold that and not you know, our culture says, boom, let it out. Oh, yeah. eh, it isn't always appropriate. I remember reading a, um, a commentary on the Psalms. This uh, particular commentator made what I thought was a really helpful uh, statement. It's kind of connected to what you're saying here. He, um, he said that the Psalms tell us the way that God speaks to us and it gives us words to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I think about that uh, in the context of what you've just said there. And, and I think for the, for the person who is not familiar we're speaking of their emotions and the things that are going on for them. And it's not their sweet spot, so to speak. Well, you won't do any worse than go to the Psalms, will you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because you, 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 you read a lot of things there uh, that are a little bit disquieting. Like I'm thinking of uh, Psalm, Psalm 77, yep. you know, where midway through the, the Psalm you hear uh, things like, will the Lord spurn forever? Will he mm-hmm. not be favorable? Has his steadfast love uh, forever ceased? You know, has God forgotten to be gracious? Like there's some heavy stuff there. Yeah. And so you're right. I think that the Psalms tutor us into good and proper and godly expression of our emotions. Yeah. That's, um, that's great. Can you throw a few more scriptures out for us? Are there any other scriptures? Um, I mean, we'll get you to finish with one in a moment, but can you give us sketch a few more scriptures out for us that help us to uh, understand emotions and identity and how all that connects in? Sure. I mean, I, one thing maybe I would say just overall, when you, when you, think, about, uh, when you think about the scriptures, you're you're going to see it everywhere. Like yeah. if you, if you, if you're reading through the Bible and you just say, you know, this on this read, I'm just going to pay attention to where emotions are described or expressed. And it's like, wow. You know, like mm. a creation, Adam rejoicing in the creation mm-hmm. of Eve. It's like, whoa, you know, like <laughs> what doesn't say note Adam's emotion, uh, but it, it's there yeah. all over the place. And so I think there's, in that sense, there's no one place in scripture that'll be like, okay, this is where we get a window into emotion. We see it all the way through scripture. So I would just say, let's pay attention wherever we're reading in, mm. uh, in scripture. As you said earlier, the Psalms are a, are a wonderful place uh, to see that. I'm thinking of you know Psalm 34, a taste and see yeah. that the that the Lord is good, which is kind of the yeah this this sense experience. I want to I want to dig in in a, in a multi sensory way in terms of my experience of of the Lord. I think you know looking looking at the life of Jesus is another place where you see. Uh, emotion being expressed, you know, as a, mm. as the perfect man, he expressed emotion. And so, so I think that's another place as we, as we read the gospels to, to notice 
how did how did Jesus uh, respond? What did he what did he notice? And you see this this full range of emotions. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a random question. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you think Jesus laughed at jokes? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I don't see why not. Right. That would seem like that is a uh, a wonderfully human uh, human mm. aspect of of emotion. So yeah, I I. It is interesting, right? That scripture doesn't uh, record him uh, mm. laughing, but to me, uh, that would that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's it seems like it's a it's a the the fullness of joy overflowing. Australians like a good joke, Mike. So uh, <laughs> I hope uh, I hope Jesus has got a few to tell. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Hey, do you remember when? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let me give you the backstory to this uh, to this passage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. I hope I'm not being irreverent by even suggesting that. But uh, let's uh, let's finish on this one, Mike. So I want to just uh, transition, switch uh, away from thinking about ourselves and um, how we're managing identity and living into God, who God's made us to be, to thinking about those uh, that we love, the people that we're friends with, maybe our family. How, do we, how can we help each other to kind of fight this battle of living into the person God's made us to be and, and having, a, I guess, a rightly ordered, full-orbed kind of creational understanding of human emotions how do we help each other to get there when when we're blowing out in either direction so just thinking more about being a helper rather than the person who needs help right yeah i think if if we're seeing uh, seeing a friend who's as you say going in one of those two directions we we, we have a friend who seems kind of shut down and they're not uh, they're 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 more stoic or or maybe maybe we know they're going through a very very rough patch but they're just kind of like yeah but i'm i'm doing okay everything's fine to kind of press in and say no i mean mm. tell me really what's what's going on um and that sometimes gives the you know the opening i remember having a conversation with my former pastor about you know how frequently in response to the question how are you doing we say fine um yeah. he said sure i mean use Use that as long as it's an acronym, frustrated, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, so, that's so good. Um, it, yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, so can we press in and ask, uh, you know, for those folks who maybe aren't, aren't sharing as, as deeply or they feel like they have to kind of protect themselves, you know, mm. And then for a person maybe who's, you know, maybe they're they're really uh, they're really struggling with anger or uh, anxiety is getting the best of them, to, to to press in and try to get to what's behind that rather than mm. you shouldn't be like that or good Christians don't dot 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 um, to try to understand like wow you're you're really upset help me to help me to get a sense of what's going on what what's what's been going on that's um, that's mm. affecting you so i think honest conversation is the is the way we we move into to people's into people's lives rather than maybe staying at a either you know taking someone's non-committal answer at face value or kind of like oh i'm going to stay away from that person they're uh, you know they're really getting a meltdown so mm. 
on that last one there, let me let me just ask you to throw a couple more thoughts in there because there there are clearly, and we've talked about a bunch of them. There are a bunch of emotions that are well, they're pretty spiky because what you were just talking about there is like let's what I was hearing is like let's love each other and let's move toward each other and see if we can't you know get alongside each other and help each other. But there, there are times and there are emotions that it's like man like getting closer to someone. Well, that's probably the last thing that you want to do with that person right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And in fact, sometimes, you know, people's, people's emotions are so extreme that they are, they are hurting other people in the mm. process. And there are times when love looks like a, a, a firm hand in a sense saying, you know, brother, I know you're struggling right now. But the way this is coming out is, you know, there are, there are casualties all around you. Let's 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 talk about a better way mm. to to handle this. Um, so it's important when and when a person's emotional eruptions are are damaging others. It might be children. It might be spouses. You know, abuse situations, things like that, where actually the the call is to to intervene and and protect um, those who are being harmed, even as an ultimate goal, as well, is helping that person address their their very unruly emotions. Yeah, I appreciate that. There's a, there's a side to it for me where I just think there's some situations and times where if you go in and it's like I I just want to, in in the classic way of just coming in alongside you and and just being loving to you it's like you, you're probably going to get punched in the nose yeah <laughs> maybe That's right. maybe not literally but you probably get punched in the nose and so what i'm hearing you say there is that there are different ways to love people That's right. it, it, it doesn't always have to be this uh, coming in in a very very soft way sometimes sometimes it can be really loving to um to come in and, and be protective that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you, you're absolutely right, Peter, that just asking for discernment about what is most necessary right here in this, you know, for this, for this person. And sometimes it's a soft touch and other times if there, are, as I said earlier, if other people are being harmed, there may be a direct and forthright, you know, intervention that has to take, has to take place. Yeah. But I think in, in either case, you're moving toward that person. And that's, I think, what's really, really important. I feel like I could talk for another half an hour with you, Mike. It's great. Thank you. It's been great to talk about it. And I wonder um, if you've got a scripture, that a key scripture that you'd love to leave with us. We, uh, we often finish our podcast episodes with whoever we're talking with. They, uh, they share a scripture. And, and perhaps just before you uh, read it to us, maybe just a, a couple of words about uh, why that why that scripture is significant in the context of what we've been talking about. Yeah, well, I've been uh, studying uh, studying John and um, just finished just finished chapter eleven, and so here's a I think a great example of the Lord being revealing, showing Jesus, showing his his emotions, and so. I'll just uh, I'll read from uh, from from John uh, chapter uh, chapter eleven. So uh, Jesus has had an initial conversation with uh, with with Martha about about the death of of her brother Lazarus, and it says it says in early in the, early in the passage that uh, in verse five Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and then. He, he arrives, but it's 
four days after uh, after Lazarus's after his death, and you know Martha is basically saying if you'd have been here, you know he wouldn't have died, and they have a brief conversation about resurrection, and she's thinking, yep, that'll happen at the end of at the end of the days, at the end of the at the end of time, uh, but Jesus obviously has something you know in the present mm-hmm. that he's doing, and then. Mary comes and says the same thing. Uh, if you had been here, uh, this wouldn't have happened. And then it says in verse 33, chapter 11, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And then shortest verse in the Bible, right? Verse 35, Jesus wept and so the jews said see how he loved him hmm. and so it uh, i mean i love the i mean that whole this whole passage is just so is so rich in so many ways but here's here's jesus and, and there's probably multiple aspects to to his weeping and him being deeply moved in spirit it's uh, i think the original language is basically like he's it's like snorting it's it's like this yeah. indignation so there's there's the indignation of death, um, the the weeping of the people around him, the weeping of Mary and Martha, who who he loved, and so this is part of weeping with those who weep, as Paul talks about in Romans. So I that that passage, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I just uh, had just uh, finished that uh, chapter and had just started chapter twelve. But what a what a great picture of the way the Lord. Jesus enters into mm. the the brokenness and the grief and the sadness and brings hope. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's a uh, it's an incredible picture of what it means to be human, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was human and divine, he uh, he was the true human, and uh, we learn how to do humanity from him, don't we? That's right. How to operate humanly. Great to have you on the uh, Restore Ministries podcast, Mike. Uh, thanks for setting the time aside for us. I hope it's not the last one. Let's just say that. Thank you, Peter. I enjoyed it so much. I'm really glad that we could talk together. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church and see people restored to true humanity. Or if you'd like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.